Hi, I'm Laura Leslie, and today I'm here with Claire Imrie over Zoom, um, and this is our podcast, What About You? This week, we're going to have a chat about body image. Mentalhealth.org.uk reported in 2018 that one in three people were so stressed by body image and their appearance that they felt overwhelmed and unable to cope. This is something that Claire and I, over the last year or so, have had lots and lots of conversations about. Um, and we just wanted to record one of those conversations and see how it goes. So hi, Claire. How are you today? Hi, Laura. I'm good, thank you. We're ready, ready for this episode. I know. We've been looking forward to doing this, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And I Lots think we'll talk about. Yeah, well, we were just chatting before we, we hit the record button that Claire and I's kind of upbringing or exposure to body image um, and peer pressure has been very different. So I um, hope everybody enjoys hearing us kind of talk about those differences and what we've learned about them um, over the years. Claire, what age do you think you were when you first became aware of how you looked um, and how this might be different to others? Well, I have got a couple of ages that I specifically remember throughout my life. So one was about about 10, 11. Mm -hmm. It was a really hot day. I was at London school and remember running around and um, I had a a light blue shirt on. But then a boy, I'm not sure it's because a different sex had said something. A boy had highlighted that I was sweating under my arms. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so self-conscious. And then went to run to the toilet and, and not really thinking about it. Or maybe it was just the age where I started to aspire. And um, but I was just so embarrassed mm-hmm. that I looked like this. And then put my jumper on, even though it was boiling hot. Um, and went home and cried and cried and thought it made me feel ugly because he said I was like sweating or something. Um, and another time was in the same school about a year later. <clears throat> around at the same time actually someone had pointed out another uh, a boy I had really hairy legs mm-hmm. and it was like in a PE class so we had short socks and and, and um, shorts and I'd never really thought about it I just never again looked at anyone else to think this is how we are different but until it was highlighted to me I thought again highly embarrassed the first thing I did was went home had a bath and pinched my dad's razor and shaved a leg. Mm-hmm. And I went downstairs and said to my mum, I've shaved a leg. And I thought she was going to tell me off because it wasn't thing that a child teenage would do. Yeah. That was, I definitely wasn't a teenager. I was definitely a sort of child, 10, 9, 10-ish, because I thought it was a bad thing to do. And um, she says, well, you better shave the other one then. <laughs> and then she showed me how to do it. <clears throat> I think mum was just more concerned that I was upset mm-hmm. and how this had affected me and then um and then I think I just carried on shaving my legs then but at such an early age and once you start you know you kind of have to keep going or wore tights and things I was really remember that age 10 11 really affected by how other people looked at me mm-hmm. perceived me and how it's I then started to care myself you hadn't thought about either of those things as negative or it was never in your awareness until it was out by somebody else Um, and he probably or both those boys probably didn't think Mm. a job it they probably just said it and walked off and carried on with their day and didn't you know but it it impacted you but it did even from that time for age 10 11 it I would still not go out to this day with hairy legs yeah 
Yeah. Even in lockdown, if yeah. I went had a short skirt or shorts mm -hmm. on in the garden, I would not dream of it just in case okay. someone could see me. So that stayed with me. Mm -hmm. and that's had a massive impact mm -hmm. of embarrassment and failure to look after myself, self-consciousness, you know, and just feeling so self-aware mm -hmm. that that's something as a girl I should do, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and around about teenage years, 12, 14, I got called lanky lang legs, jolly green giant, because I've always been this height. So it seems age 13, I just shot up. I mean, I'm talking a good foot yeah. above my yeah. um, model yeah. height. For anybody that doesn't know Claire, Claire is lovely and tall. <laughs> but not overly tall, five foot eight. Mm. But I think when you're, um, you know, 12, 13, that's quite tall. <laughs> and my shoe size was then a size six, which is quite big. Um, but that's normal now. Yeah. No, yeah. as an adult, but yeah, so I, I felt really, I hated being tall. I hate it. I wanted to be really, really short. Mm -hmm. So I fitted in with everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about dancing? When did you start dancing? Dancing always at a very early age. Yeah. Um, and I guess with dancing, again, there's all, all sorts of shapes and sizes and heights, you know. Um, and do you remember comparing yourself? <clears throat> against others or any comments from other dancers or any mums or do you remember any of that because that's kind of I worry yeah, going that, forward you know like once I was aware that like hairy legs and you know sweating under armpits yeah. and just more the sort of cleanliness and looking after yourself I was definitely aware so when it comes to dancing a lot of the girls in my group would be making sure that they were prim proper and have their hair beautifully tied back okay. and um yeah, so that was a sort of struggle to try and keep up mm -hmm. with that image. But you did feel you had to because it was a peer pressure that you had to look the part and mm -hmm. work out and not eat so much. You know, I've always loved my food. So I'm not your natural skinny dancer. Mm -hmm. But um, <clears throat> And were those kind of um, pressures vocalised, you know, or was it just internally... A pressure, do you know? It must be an internal pressure because okay. I put that upon myself. You know, yeah. it was never where my mum saying, oh, you I, I don't know because it wasn't my parents mm -hmm. that would say anything um, was the environment? about my body, you know? Mm -hmm. um, although I do remember actually one of my dad's friends many years ago saying something like, oh, um, you'll get fat. I remember having like a second donut or a second piece of cake yeah. or something. Yeah. Or you, you're fat, Claire. You, you can't get any fat up. Almost implying that I, and that stuck with me. Yeah. And that's when I think I felt like I didn't take the second piece of cake or didn't get yeah. offered, uh, didn't take this, you know, the second round of potatoes. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought, no, 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 I'll get fat. Yeah. And that stuck in my head. Yeah. But from age 13 to 16, my metabolism really kicked in and I stretched and that's probably at my slimmest because <laughs> I was so active and dancing mm -hmm. and just just growing I suppose yeah you know? and then <clears throat> as you got kind of older and you were kind of jumping jumping a bit we can kind of go back to kind of teenage years but whenever you got into exercise and personal training did you feel any pressures at that stage? Um, 
Yeah, because I knew that, you know, you, you did have to look the part. It's like going to a hairdresser who has really horrible hair. You don't want to be, yeah. you need to be the model of how people want themselves to look. Yeah. So when it comes to personal training, I felt like I did have an image to portray. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm constantly wearing Lycra, I, I'm going to feel and see every little lump and bump every single day. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, I, I didn't want to put on weight. So I was always watching my diet then anyway. But not over, not too much. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, extreme. You were aware of it was just careful, yeah. And because I was exercising so much, I probably could afford to have um, more food. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Mm -hmm. And were there any other key kind of points or influences um, in those years um, <laughs> that, that impacted how you saw your body? Um, I think as I was growing up, when you have things like smash hits and um, you used to have that magazine every week, smash hits and you'd get yeah. pinups. Yeah. And then um, I would go to the songs and then I would go to the pinups, whether it be male or female, it would always be someone have admiration. Uh -huh. So someone you either really quite liked, uh, the opposite sex or someone who I really wanted to be like image wise. And then you didn't quite realize that, you know, you're... And it was a sort of false, you didn't realise that they've got all this, what am I trying to say? Like airbrushing. Pretend, exactly, airbrushing. That's kind of, our, yeah. our, our generation's version of filters on social media. And Completely, and yeah. This was all magazines, glossy yeah. magazines. It no, never had any spots. And at that age, when you've got loads of spots, um, a greasier hair and it just, you know, mm -hmm. they just looked amazing, I think. Of course, I looked at those pages and thought, yeah, I'd love to be like that. And mm -hmm. I remember brushing my teeth a lot more, thinking I'll get whiter and it just slipped off my hair, making sure I conditioned my hair. I didn't bother about that before. Mm -hmm. It was all about other products. And, you know, I was at the age where I was spending money so I could buy face creams and mm -hmm. buy makeup to, to enhance things. And So you were um, a marketer's dream at that age then? Oh, massively, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think not just me, it was the group of girls within my school mm -hmm. Right. If you didn't, you were abnormal yeah. because that was just the way that it was. was the norm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because my life evolved around singing, dancing, acting, um, shows or going to a different dance group or as a disco style place, everything was about image. Yeah. Who's got the nicest coat? Who's got the nicest shoes? And who looks the smallest in that dress? And the hair, the longest and shiniest. It was all about who could be better in themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And looking mm -hmm. back now, <laughs> you know, if you could tell that Claire any advice, what would it be? I think just appreciate who you are and go with who you are, because I think I probably would have had more of a unique style. Mm -hmm. I remember going out one day in a that sounds ridiculous but I was so happy and so confident I had these tight leather trousers when I think they first came out in the 1890s again um and a leotard at the top yeah and then I had this really holy um bright bright blue jumper and yeah. it sounds horrendous but something that Madonna would have worn yeah. and then um I did have DM boots as well in fact, it's probably the fashion that's come back again now. Yeah. I was about to say, it sounds like something I could wear. <laughs> so please don't be laughing at it. And then 
my dad and my auntie had said, you know, what the hell are you wearing? <laughs> and the people have just looked at me as if I was from the future. Yeah. Um, but I felt great in this, almost yeah. like so you unique. It was my style. Yeah. 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 And what age would that have been? That was about 15, 16. So sort of finding myself. Yeah. But, you know, that was the age where I had pennies to spend at shops and, and actually to sort of have a little a follower of fashion, but yeah, still have my own style. <clears throat> and I kind of wish I just thought, no, this is me. Yeah. This and why is, do you think you didn't feel like it was just Because it was so, unlike nowadays, you're forced to be who you are. You're forced to be unique. And if you want to dress as a cat, and your portrayal, you know, if you want to, if you're are male you forced and you want to, dress to be, female. or is it more, is it more accepted to be yourself oh, now? Yeah, it's definitely more accepted, mm -hmm. but you're pushed along to, to encourage you, should I say, to be what you want. Yeah. And there's, there's no limits. There's no holdbacks, you know? And yeah. I think back then there definitely was, everything was a little bit, <laughs> excuse me, um, controlled mm -hmm. and because of that I remember okay went back up to my room and changed yeah. this crazy oh, outfit yeah yeah into just jeans yeah. and a top you know and trainers just like everyone else yeah. just so that no one said a thing and I was just another girl and I don't know if I did it to stand out or it was just how it made me feel happiest but and I think now like you've got your own style now and um, and I really admire your style now and like you and I like at what age did you kind of find your style or feel comfortable having your own style? I think it comes with age. I think it comes yeah. with um, experience. And I think certainly for me, I, you know, I was speaking to one of my friends about this the other day. We were talking about being fashionable and we were like, well, mm -hmm. we're definitely not fashionable. And I was like, well, I don't. Mm. I don't particularly know what fashionable is. I think I tend to go with what I feel good in. Um, and I'm sure some people look at what I wear and go, what on earth are you wearing? But I don't really care. I wear it for me and I feel good with myself. And I can see that with you too, that you know, you've got yeah. you've got <clears throat> quite an individual style now. So it is mm -hmm. quite um surprises it surprises me and doesn't surprise me because I think you're in a very different place now than what you would have been as a teenager and exposed to different yes things and no. as a teenager. but I think now that it's at that funny age where you want to experiment but you're not quite sure if you're too old to just wear these things and there's so yeah. many things that I'm drawn to because maybe it reminds me of being young because I'm yeah. saying the fashion's coming back that I want to wear again and I think mm, like what should I be like what <laughs> like um I don't know I can't think now but we're not crop tops definitely not in a crop top um body um well just now <laughs> but maybe like leather trousers and a tighter top but things they come quite sexy and I suppose there's not an opportunity to wear things like that around the house you know um Neil would like it I go through stages Cameron might not but Neil would <laughs> like it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I do go through stages. I've got a whole wardrobe full of clothes that yeah. I've probably not even worn or looked at through lockdown this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we're not going anywhere, but there's still I see people that could experiment. And, and I love watching Trini. And she just yeah. gives me so many ideas of what colours to put together. Yeah. But I do feel I'm still a bit boring. I would like to get a push. And... See, I definitely don't think you are. I think you've got your own. But it, isn't that the whole kind of um, awareness kind of piece as well that you know my my perception of you is 
confidence and knowing yourself and knowing what you look good in and knowing what you're comfortable in whereas mm-hmm. you feel it's a, sometimes a wee bit safe and you'd like to kind of push the boundaries a wee bit you know so mm-hmm. and you're right there it is about confidence because mm-hmm. I'd love to wear all these hats that you know I see people wearing on Instagram yeah. or out and about <coughs> or tv things I think well does it suit me or would I get away with that so I, I, I think too think much I always think about it like you know I'm, I'm not criticizing Aberdeen and and we've got a lot of people that listen that live in Aberdeen but you know you walk down the street in Aberdeen and everybody's dressed the same mm. you know and like we've both obviously your kind of family are still in London and you've got a lot of roots and connections in London and I was there for three four years um, and try to go back every and year. more family out here though yeah uh, you do now don't you yeah but yeah. like I every time I go down to London I bring slightly different clothes um, I am drawn to different clothes in shops. I definitely mm. think I, because I'm walking around and everybody looks different. Everybody's got their individual style. Everybody's mm. like, you know, from the very smart, you know, the, the kind of smart coats, cool coat, you know, and it's just so unique and everybody just seems mm. so unique. And every year whenever I go down with my mum, I definitely will dress differently than I do in Aberdeen yeah. and feel more comfortable. Um, and it's not a conscious thing. It's very mm-hmm. unconscious, um, but it's interesting. It does sound like you're playing it safe up here then if you know that you can get away with more down there. So I think yeah. so. <clears throat> um, but I also think as well, like you've touched on it about lockdown, we're not going anywhere, do you know? No. And like, but I wore a dress to the hospital this yeah. morning and I had a an x-ray mm-hmm. and I, I felt great. Yeah. I, you know, I dressed up and... And also uni, like every, like you think of last year, every week we had an opportunity to go into uni and sit in front of people and you came in with your skirts and your dresses and, you know, like I was usually wearing my my work uniform, um, but <laughs> you were always kind of kind of bringing out a different outfit every week. Because my class now, as you know, is between six o'clock and nine o'clock at night. I tend to wear like quite an okay top and my pyjama bottoms. Like... <laughs> ever see somewhere in my pajama bottoms um, so there's not the same kind of need to express right. ourselves but then that comes back to fashion as expressing ourselves but mm. how can we express ourselves if we don't know ourselves or not comfortable or not they can also hide a, you a multitude hide. of sins you know and mm-hmm. make us feel confident mm-hmm. you know exactly have you ever felt happy or content with your body? <clears throat> um, now, it's a funny one because I think, yes, I had felt generally happy when I was younger. So when I'm talking about from 15 to 18, 19, and I, I was very, very lucky, very blessed that my ta- metabolism was quite good mm-hmm. um, and I, I was singing I was um, dancing a lot and working out a lot so therefore I was keeping off the calories mm-hmm. but um, I do I just don't remember having any issues of things not fitting I will, I will get a size and uh, probably about eight ten then and I'll just get it off the rails and it would fit it's because I didn't actually think about it and it's now at my age and time of life that I think if only I really appreciated what I had then yeah yeah. But I didn't hate myself or love myself either way. But now I can see 
and I guess that's what I would tell my younger self now just love who you are yeah. you know you only get one you yeah. um but, <clears throat> but yeah I think that and I think that's a message for us even for right now because mm-hmm. um we may look we know whenever we're in our 60s we may look <laughs> back and say Claire look at look at you then look at I hope so you know so you know even you can give that advice to 16 17 18 year old Mm -hmm. Claire but Mm. you can also give that to advice to yourself right now yeah and you know know, how I feel like I am is not just vanity I am I would totally admit 100% I am vain Mm because it's how I've been brought up the surroundings my environment and just who I've turned out to be mm-hmm. but I try and keep my weight off or look after myself and exercise because I know that as you get older there's more likely that you're going to have an illness yeah yeah, yeah so with women's cancers all sorts of things will have an extra fat around your your tummy area um just lots of things that could go on and how many illnesses you can get but you need to look after your body and be more mindful yeah. you know and I think and... from doing what I do as a job and um, I <clears throat> most clients that come to, not most clients that come to see me say 50% of clients that I see <clears throat> the desire to lose weight will be there yeah it's never mm. really the reason why they come to see me but it's okay. sometimes it's in there and kind of what I get frustrated in January um and not uh, when when I was working at Nuffield, January would be the time where people would come to lose weight. Yeah. Mm. And the reason why they were wanting to lose weight was for the vanity reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the majority of my clients for the rest of the year, the desire to lose weight is for a health reason because their blood pressure is high or mm. Um, their blood sugar levels are not balanced or you know there's gut problems immune system and especially with covid right now with the links with mm-hmm. the system and um over being obese um you know and as you said we could go on and on and on but i think the the reason why weight is an issue for people um is is very interesting to me mm-hmm. i think if it's only a vanity driver you it, it's it can only you can only go so far or it's just and it doesn't quite sit right with me just being a vanity reason no Um, and I think you know one of one of my friends um who I used to work with we've had every January we tend to have the same conversation of you know we wish these people would come and see us in March you know they're more likely to kind of make their health goals then than they are in January but that's a whole other conversation um what about the, the the myth, what I think is a myth of the perfect body, you know, striving mm-hmm. for that perfect body, you know, what I feel like kind of what is that perfect body and what are we striving for whenever we're striving for a perfect body? You know, what, what's your perfect body? What's my perfect body? What's your vision of a perfect I body? I don't know. 
I, I okay. just think honestly everybody's got it <laughs> everybody's yeah. going to be different and mm. what frustrates what, what I get sad about not frustrates but what I get sad about is going on to social media um, and it would have been in the day magazines but now going into to social going on to social media and you see images of people portraying what they think is a their perfect is a perfect body mm. um, you know I've done this or I've had this shake or I've been taking these tablets and I've managed to get this wonderful perfect body you can too if you pay 20 pound a week you know that mm. for me is so damaging because you know everybody's different and that's obviously going to have huge impact for mental health issues for people you know it's goes beyond what we're talking about today but just mm. just because Tallulah or whatever her name is thinks that that's a perfect body I don't think mm. that you know we should all then line up behind her and go oh yes you're right yeah <laughs> no, absolutely right we're all shapes and sizes for that for that reason and yeah. bone structure is completely different and metabolism age you know like yeah I agree we can make the best of our bodies Mm -hmm. but everybody's shape is completely different you look at Kylie Minogue and you look at who's got a beautiful little figure and then you look at um a supermodel somewhere who's got another different figure and it's completely different people then you get a, a beautiful bigger voluptuous woman who's also beautiful in her ways a pregnant woman is beautiful and perfect you know um same of all sorts of types. I probably of men. felt the best about myself whenever I was pregnant. Did you? Yeah. And not um, not from a like a, an, <clears throat> an aesthetic point of view. Like I didn't mind being heavier. Like I didn't put on a lot of weight in pregnancy, but I definitely would have put on weight. But what mm-hmm. I felt really the best about myself is that I was growing a child. And I think that feeling overpowered everything else, you know, mm-hmm. overpowered the fact that my thighs definitely got bigger and, do you know. But it's the achievement, it's the confidence that yeah. you're doing this, therefore I love what I'm yeah. doing and love me for it, yeah. and it probably showed through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love being pregnant, although the last time was I was... I was a whale <laughs> but I still love to have my little baby <laughs> going back to whenever you were whenever you were younger so in that um kind of time of your life uh, you know up, you know before you had Cameron um and then you then you fell pregnant with Cameron did you mm-hmm. feel different about your body then or comparing <clears throat> yourself to your friends then because your friends didn't weren't pregnant and didn't have babies you know did that yeah. throw up any emotions or feelings at that stage well with pregnant I didn't realize I was um with Cameron so I didn't realize I was pregnant till very very late on had all the lady things happen and, and I was planning to go on a girl's holiday when I found out I was pregnant so I didn't have the whole nine month duration of growing and and seeing this change in my body again very lucky and very thankful that everything was totally okay yeah it wasn't till afterwards I still actually believed you had to eat two meals you know mm-hmm. parents and um relatives would say oh no give Claire the extra food give Claire because she needs it she's growing a bit and I thought the old wives tell that you did so I probably put on a good two, three stone after having Cameron, mm-hmm. but at the end of the trimester, yeah. so the last month and a bit, so I felt guilt as well that I didn't know. So I just ate and ate and ate. So you equated sure. that you eating was 
here listen being a good mum you know growing your baby well and giving him what yeah because I hadn't known before yeah, yeah. and then when Cameron was born when he was about four months I remember um because I hadn't suffered from my weight I had I was a again very thankful and lucky that I could eat what I wanted I used to eat rubbish sweets and stuff and not see too much change in my body mm -hmm. <laughs> well early 20s and um you don't always but there are people that do struggle with that um but then it wasn't until I had Cameron maybe my metabolism completely changed and I struggled to lose my weight quite a bit mm -hmm. until I got myself a personal trainer even though I knew what I was doing I needed help yeah. I thought, why is it not working for me? Why is this extra baby weight? Yeah. You know, and I was breastfeeding and so on for a little while. But then once I started to <clears throat> lose the weight, I kind of got addicted to the gym a little bit because I could see results. And I was dieting then. And the more that I sort of got compliments from people saying, oh, wow, you're doing really, really well, really, really well. Um, the more I thrived to, and probably went to the other extreme. Yeah. Because of those compliments, because of those comments. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I, it made me feel so, my old me, I suppose, when people would say, oh, you're looking great, you're looking really good. And, um, you know, I, things were fitting, I felt more comfortable because I could put my nice jeans on mm -hmm. instead of my big baggy joggers. Um, I was wanting to go out more and just show off, I could wear these jeans, just mm -hmm. these things. So I'll go to the gym and um I would just run and run and run and do weight training. It's just everything I could to swim. In fact, as I said, I went other extreme and um, would feel really, really guilty if I missed a session. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And when did that, because you don't still feel like that with exercise, when do no, you no. think that kind of, kind of started to ease or that pressure started to go? And did you do anything in particular Um to kind of change that mindset? I'm not actually sure or can pinpoint roughly when it did, but I know it lasted quite a while. And I stayed, you know, quite slim. But then I remember putting on a bit more weight because I remember people commenting, good friends and family saying, oh, you're a bit skinny, Claire. Yeah. A bit too, you know, and then I thought, I'm not sure what I thought really. I quite liked that. I thought maybe this is how I was meant to be. Yeah until I realized with photographs oh, maybe I need to put a bit more weight um then it just happened yeah the power of words can be quite a scary thing I don't think people realize by making a comment that you take quite, this that is quite flippant sometimes mm -hmm. they don't mean in a negative way or a leading way or anything <clears throat> but it can have a real impact you know that oh yeah you know, you can give, we've, we've spoken about this before, but you can have 10 positive comments and one negative comment and all mm -hmm. you hear and all you pick up on is the you negative. Focus on the negative, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, yeah. How do you feel about your body now? Um, I know it's not at its best as it could be, but then I have had a baby two years ago and I guess I've got to stop saying it's, I've not had a, I've had a baby recently because it is two years, but um, <clears throat> I also know that I've been lazy and because of lockdown, I also know that I should be not so hard on myself as mm -hmm. everyone tells me that I am. Mm -hmm. We've not had the gym throughout. We've not had my dancing sessions and, mm -hmm. you know, but <clears throat> I have started to exercise more. So I know that when I stick to it, I can lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, 
<clears throat> and, and not just about losing weight, but toning up and feeling better, mm-hmm. you know, getting the muscle tone back in your body and feeling strong. Um, and when I feel that, I just generally feel confident. And just having the exercise full stop helps my mental health <clears throat> stabilize. Yeah. yeah, it just makes me able to think a lot better. So I know that I need that. So it's not just about losing weight. <clears throat> yeah. And I find exercise and having that kind of break from life and and I, you know I kind of use my my runs to, as that bit of a break and kind of manage mm-hmm. a process of being able to kind of sort through stuff um you see a different perspective in things too or you can see things or yeah. value things in a slightly different way and um, mm-hmm. because of that and um, don't get me wrong I think we have more time and I certainly have more time to sit and get ready yeah. not have to rush into an office or have to rush places so do I spend a bit more time focusing on my skin or looking in the mirror and then seeing extra wrinkles yeah. <laughs> thinking oh but you know this is the time where we should be spending more time on our skincare routine um and you know I don't just mean for vanity and I, I don't mm-hmm. think I even mean for vanity in any way whatsoever um I mean for us time you know, mm-hmm. self-care time for, you know, look after ourselves, you know, like, mm. you know, I think there's so much going on right now. There's so much noise in life that taking that time out and skincare is something that is really good. Mm. And I've got lots of different types of oils mm. and skincare and I yeah. do. Yeah. I think you just spend more time focusing on, as you say, the negative things. Yeah. yeah. But I'd like mm. here, look at the shape of me today. Hair scraped up, no makeup you on see that? whatsoever. Um, I've got like a t-shirt and a cardigan that my mum knitted me, which I love on, which I think looks kind of smart. I've got clients for the rest of the afternoon after we finish this. So my top half bar without the makeup doesn't look too bad. Um, but I've got the baggiest trousers on, the most comfiest trousers on, and nobody's gonna see them. You know, no. whereas if you I, just look great, you've got that youthful look about you, and that's not oh. even a messy bun, that's pristine. And yeah, I wouldn't even attempt that without having see, a again. This comes down to Claire, this comes down to, to um, aware, like how, how we uh, perceive ourselves. My hair yeah. right now is so greasy and like slapped <clears> up, um, <laughs> and the fact that I don't have any makeup on is just pure. Well, I was going to say laziness. It's not really. I had a run before we did this and I had a wee bit of work to do. So it was just a time thing. And I thought, mm. Claire's not going to mind if I don't have any makeup on. No, of course I don't mind. I wouldn't do it. Like, body image. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Um, I want to finish up kind of talking a little bit um, about for our children. Um, and... I don't just mean the girls. I've only got two girls, but I mean for girls and boys growing mm. up. Um, what messages do you think it's any better now than whenever we were growing up? Is my first question. <laughs> and my second question is kind of because it scares me. Like social media scares me for that easy comparison mm-hmm. that filtered life that you know fake when, life fake like fake life filtered life the ability to put stuff out there that's not necessarily you know it's the image that you want to portray to the world a lot of the time rather than mm-hmm. what <clears throat> is actually happening now 
you know, when we are vulnerable as adults, we are exposed to being influenced by that. When mm. we're not vulnerable or when we feel stronger, we can look at those images or we can look at that with a bit more logic. I'm worried that, you know, the girls, whatever age they end up going on to whatever social media platform, um, I'm just worried about that, of them expecting like that 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 portrays that beauty or that jumper or that hairstyle and um, mm-hmm. equates success <clears throat> um, and like I, I said to you before we started like whenever I kind of growing up um success was never about how I looked um and I my kind of best friend growing up whenever I was younger um, was quite a tomboy and um, mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time with animals and books and you know and so I was never exposed to if you look like this you, you you're, you're doing well yeah mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. I think and and mm-hmm. I didn't dance or I didn't even I didn't play team sports or anything so I didn't have any of those kind of direct comparisons with other girls either and um, my two love dancing love dressing up and um, will say to me now at four and six mommy do I look pretty in this and I probably said that growing up I don't know but whenever mm-hmm. they say do I look pretty in this I'm like I don't want to say yes because I don't want to reinforce them looking pretty equals love in my mm, eyes that's interesting so I'm kind of really trying to navigate <clears throat> that right now of whenever mm. Marlo puts on a dress and says mommy do I look pretty today and um, so I'm navigating that um, I'm also navigating Marlo who's got a mass of really curly hair wants straight hair and Nia who's got hair mm. as straight as a dye wants curly hair and mm. I'm you know all about talking to them but I'm trying find it hard to navigate that and they're so small so I am worried whenever they're teenagers Mm. can I help them through that do you have any advice (laughs) well (laughs) um sorry that was um, (laughs) um I think because you said how you've been brought up has massively influenced you Mm-hmm. So then, therefore, you being how you are will influence them. No matter what technology and surroundings they have, you can only hope that they're going to listen to what you're saying as well. That, you know, maybe you're overthinking, should I say this, shouldn't I say that? Well, um, we overthink, never. <laughs> I don't know what the right thing is to say or to do, but I do know that it is a worry that social media is out there because it's only going to improve and get better of the certain apps that we can see. Mm-hmm. and how we can look with blonde hair long hair mm-hmm. blue eyes big eyes and small nose and, and that's what's and then wanting to look like that image well exactly you know? because yeah. it shows you already what you're going to look like with yeah. bigger boobs or yeah. smaller waist and it, it's so accessible now mm-hmm. accessible to see the change mm-hmm. therefore girls younger than 20 <clears throat> are getting this when our bodies are not fully changed anyway yeah you know and then that leads us on to the kind of the risk for body dysmorphia yeah massively I read something the same the about they call it snapchat dysmorphia do you know okay. so it's like um that <clears throat> those filters you're striving to 
to be like that and Mm -hmm. then kind of lead into kind of plastic surgery and everything to kind of look like your snapchat snapchatted version of yourself and you're right hopefully like you know as parents all we can do is guide them um that's all we can do and tell them what we think and that they don't need to change and yeah but then that depends on what group group of friends they end up in you know on who you know we're only one part of um influencers for them you know as they get older their group will be could be who knows who their groups are going to be that could influence them Mm -hmm. Um, i just want the environment holds itself with um, other peer pressures and yeah you know yeah it is worrying i mean it's same with boys too with wanting to be strong Uh and wanting to have muscles i mean if they can't naturally get this do they then look to have treatment of steroids Mm -hmm. and not really fully understanding what this does to them Mm -hmm. and have the implications with that it is worrying because and it comes back to who says that is the ideal, doesn't it? You know exactly, and who they think is looks like women amazing. Is kind of the narrow waist and the big, you know, the hips and the boobs, and mm-hmm. you know, with the men, it's kind of the pe- pecs and arms and, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to end this with doom and gloom. So, do you have anything positive to kind of to, to throw in before we leave? Get your notes out. Let's finish on a positive note. <laughs> I think we've we've spoke so much about negative things with social media and how all these things are here to change us. But at the same time, society is all about now that you can be who you want to be and you are more accepted. So if you want to be small, large, tall, short, purple, whatever colour you are as well, everyone is accepted, everyone is loved. No one sort of highlighted that you are different. Yeah because different is more accepted nowadays than it was before. So body image, it, and that, I'm not kind of contradicting myself here, I suppose it, it clearly does matter to the individual, but it's okay to be different. It's okay to, to learn to love yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you want to try and better yourself and not just the vanity, but in a healthy way, then that's always, that's always a winner. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the judgment is maybe not so upon us anymore mm-hmm. in the same way yeah yeah well thank you are you happy to leave today's chat at that yeah um, yeah I'm yeah. losing my voice <laughs> yeah no definitely happy I interesting conversation it is um <clears throat> And one that we've had a few times before and, and probably we'll keep talking about as, <laughs> as the months and years go on knowing us. Um, but next week, we I'm going to put something up on social media today um, for some ideas or what what people would like to hear us chatting about. Um, so um, this will be going out. Probably I'll be putting this up after that social media post has been up. So... Mm. Um, we don't really know what we're going to be talking about next week. It'll be a bit of a potluck, but let's just see. Hopefully we'll get some good ideas from everybody. Well, it could even be something that we and revisit something we've already spoke about, but yeah. in you know, more detail. It's funny because um, I was speaking mm. to somebody yesterday about the podcast and they were like, oh, I need to go and listen to it. And I said, yeah, do, but don't listen to the first couple. They're pretty <laughs> dire. Uh, so, like, we're really beating ourselves up. 
Yeah, no, we should just delete them. But we're really kind of, well, I am, you know, you look at you listen back to it. We were so nervous. We were, um, but we were learning and mm-hmm. everybody kind of goes through that. So we're not going to delete it. We're putting it up there as a reminder. Um, as a learning. As a, mm-hmm. that, that we're still learning, you know, and so this is episode nine. Next week will be episode 10. Um, and we've got a few ideas to kind of mix things up for the next series. So we're going to do 10 episodes per series. Um, so this will be, ne- next week will be our last episode of this series. Um, so I've just loved it. So yeah, we'll do I really enjoyed week. it. We'll do next week's one and then we'll get into kind of our next chapter and doing things a l- slightly differently maybe. well thank you thank you for today and I will speak to you really soon bye bye